Nick Pruer, curator of the Found Footage Festival, who will be appearing here in Lawrence at the Granada Theater. Thank you very much for joining us at Lawrence.com. Thanks, Kevin. Well, first of all, uh, give us a little bit of background. What is the Found Footage Festival, and uh, how did it come into this world? Well, uh, my friend Joe and I um, started collecting videotapes that we'd find at thrift stores and garage sales and other out-of-the-way places about 15 years ago. Uh, back in high school, and um, I guess it was five years ago we decided, what if we took these videos that we find funny and played for our friends in our living room and put them in a theater and made a comedy show out of it? And so that's what uh, the Found Footage Festival is. It's a guided tour through our uh, ever-growing collection of uh, found videos. And... um... (laughs) Most people, when they see these, they just sort of sit around the house and uh, get really high and laugh at them. Uh, what, right. what inspired you guys to actually take it on the road? You know, I think it was, um, you know, the very first video I found was, uh, that kind of started us thinking there might be something to this, was uh, a McDonald's training video that uh, I happened across in a break room where, in a McDonald's where I was working in, in high school. And it was uh, for McDonald's. Sodians, and uh, it was just this ridiculously insulting uh, video uh, that tried to have a plot to it and to get a little too ambitious. So I immediately, you know, put it in my backpack and took it home and showed it to Joe. And and uh, and then I just felt like God, this video is so ridiculous. Um, it needs to be shared with the world. So I'd invite friends over to my parents' living room at the time, and we sort of developed this routine to it. And um, then over the years, as we collected more videos, we started, you know, having friends over and and uh, we'd have like a Friday night, you know, found video night. We'd show off our latest finds. Um, and so I guess it was five years ago, somebody just suggested, well, you know, your background's in comedy and, and, uh, and film, so why not turn this into something a little more and bring it to a theater? And uh, to our surprise, people beyond our immediate friends you know, latched onto it and really liked it. And uh, um, I, there's something about, you know, taking these videos that weren't meant to be seen in public, you know, like training videos and home movies and exercise videos um, and putting it into a theater with, you know, two, 300 people who are there to laugh. Uh, something magical happens. I don't know what exactly it is, but uh, we're sticking with it. Right. And do you guys still crawl through dumpsters and yard sales and um, just scour the earth for these tapes, or do you now have a network sort of built up where people just send them to you? Well, you know, a lot of the stuff we find is still the old-fashioned way. It's us, you know. Actually, the other day I was in um, going down to take out the tra- uh, trash in my apartment building, and I went down there, and there was a stack of dusty VHS tapes that somebody had decided to get rid of. Um, and so I immediately started, you know, blowing off the dust and, and, you know, picking off the banana peels and going through these, uh, VHS tapes. And there's one in particular called, uh, that was labeled Bunyan Surgery. And <laughs> Bunyan was wrong. It's spelled kind of like Paul Bunyan. <laughs> and, uh, and it was written in pencil, you know, in kind of crude writing. And I thought, all right, we're on to something here. Um, but when I popped it in, it was something off the Discovery Channel. You know, it was bunion surgery, but I was hoping for something homemade or something, and it, it wasn't that. But, uh, 
you never know unless you actually make the effort to crawl in that dumpster or, you know, get your hands dirty and, and go looking for this stuff. So we still do it a lot that way. Um, but since touring and, and bringing the show around the country and uh, and Canada and elsewhere, we've uh, we've actually met a lot of people who've also found tapes and donate them to the cause. So uh, now it's a combination of us finding videos and people sending stuff in as well. And uh, we hope to comb the thrift stores in Lawrence while we're there. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you'll be able to find uh, something equally as disgusting and or embarrassing here. <laughs> Uh, well, well, I hope so. Yeah. Well, and speaking of like, uh, where, where do you draw the line between sort of like bizarre, funny, kind of creepy stuff and like maybe like flat out weird snuff porn or something? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, when you see the show, you'll you'll know that we have no scruples at all about what we play. But but uh, um, actually, you know, to us, the the litmus test is whether it's funny, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, so if it veers into like creepier disturbing territory and that's not funny so um one example is there's this video that's been floating around for years now among touring like rock and roll bands i don't know how they ended up with it but it's a fan video that somebody made for steve Vai, the guitar player <laughs> and uh it's this woman who tries to impress steve Vai. she's looking right at the camera by doing various odd uh let's just say stunts um to impress him and uh and it's it could be funny because some of the things she does are pretty goofy but like she's clearly got a few screws loose you know so um in that case it you know struck us anyway is more sort of disturbing or sad than funny per se (laughs) so there there we kind of draw the line but you know when you see the show you'll you'll know that we have no qualms about showing full frontal male nudity or uh or things of that sort. So, <laughs> yes. as long as it as long as it's funny, uh, it it, uh, it makes the cut. Yes, I I saw the penis pump in the last DVD, and that was uh, ah, that yes. was rich. That was rich. Thank you. Well, there's more in store for you. So awesome. Be forewarned. Um, well, you mentioned um, you have no qualms about showing this stuff, but I, I'm wondering, are you ever concerned about just coming off as mean spirited or exploitative? Uh, are, are well, there any concerns that you might just, you know, come off as uh, a bully? Yeah, you know, I hope that doesn't happen. And um, because uh, really we, we come at this from, you know, uh, you know, spirit of celebrating these, you know, odd forgotten pieces of videotape that, you know, maybe moments people would rather not remember. But um, I really don't think uh, we come at it from a mean-spirited place. And I think that kind of makes the difference in how, how we frame the show and how, the context we put the clips in. I mean, yeah, we're having a few laughs at, at the expense of, you know, these, these uh, VHS moments, you know, that were captured on tape for some reason. But uh, I think everybody understands that it's in good fun. And, and I mean, we revere these movies and, and uh, videos. We give them, you know, far more attention than they ever deserved. So I hope I hope that comes across that we genuinely have a great affection for the clips that we show. Right. And, um, you know, luckily so far, all the people we've met from the videos have been flattered by it um that's the fact that the stuff they've long forgotten about has become you know turned them into somewhat of cult heroes yeah that was actually gonna be my next question i know you've tracked down 
Jack Rebney, for example, the foul-mouthed RV salesman. Um, yes. And uh, he was flattered? Well, sort of. This this was, you know, this guy was the holy grail special guest that we wanted to meet. <laughs> and this is, if people hadn't seen the uh, the video, it's, um, it was a popular thing that we cut together for our first uh, show. Um, and it's outtakes from uh, a, a guy who's doing a promotional video for the Winnebago brand of RVs, a guy named Jack Rebney. And he kept he kept getting so angry that the crew decided to leave the cameras rolling between and they gave us the raw footage, and we cut it together into a segment we call Jack Rebney, the world's angriest RV salesman. <laughs> Just one expletive after the next. And uh, so anyway, this was a big hit. And uh, unbeknownst to us, one of Jack's friends had come to see us in Las Vegas. He didn't know that he'd see his friend on the screen. And uh, afterwards, he bought a DVD and, and brought it back to Jack, who was living like a hermit, apparently, in uh, in Northern California. <laughs> And uh, Jack was, I apparently he was furious. I don't, I don't know what happened. But, <laughs> Jack Rebney angry? Yeah, believe it or not, he was angry. So uh, he, uh, but through some uh, finagling, we were somehow able to convince him to come to a show to see how people reacted to this video that he he didn't even like remember. He didn't know this footage was out there at all. So he came to our show in San Francisco last year. And we played the video, and when we first met him before the show, he was very prickly. He was like, who are the lunatics who are coming to the show? And, you know, very, he was, we, we didn't know what we were in for, if he was going to try to take a swing at us or what. But um, we watched him in the back of the room as the video were play, was playing and, and as people were laughing, and you could kind of see a, a little grin come over his face. And it was kind of like... You know, he was kind of like the Grinch where his heart grew ten times its size. You know, you could just kind of see him melt. And he came down and he, he regaled the audience with stories of dude. And um, and uh, afterwards he uh, was like people were lined up ten deep to get autographs and their picture taken with him. And, you know, you could see him genuinely happy. We actually hugged at the end. So it was, uh, it was, it was a remarkable experience for us so i i hope that that comes across is that we we, we you know these videos bring a lot of joy to people <laughs> and um a lot of the videos that you did, just by the nature of the formats vhs and it was popular in the 80s but what was it about the 80s that produced so much awfulness <laughs> well you know anytime well the fashions obviously are are always fun in the 80s but I really think the 80s and 90s were like the golden age of VHS. And um, uh, it's similar to why record collectors, you know, record LPs from the 60s and 70s, because during that time, record albums were so cheap to produce that you got all these weird esoteric things on, on uh, vinyl. So you got, you know, a high school marching band could press its own album, you know, hmm. or a, an opera singer like Mrs. Miller, you know, doing rock and roll songs with her operatic voice. You know, you got all these weird things um, because it was so cheap to produce. And I think in the 80s and 90s, everybody had a home movie camera. And also, everybody could produce a video fairly cheaply. I mean, you'd buy a beard trimmer and it would come with an instructional how-to video, you know. <laughs> so you got this whole weird library of goofy, offbeat, obscure um 
VHS tapes and uh, and as DVD and now digital have become the formats of choice, uh, this stuff ends up at thrift stores just like record albums did in the 80s and 90s. So um, I think uh, there's just this wealth of material waiting to be discovered, and so we're we're doing our darndest to uh, be the preservationists of these uh, these regrettable uh, VHS. Moments. You're like anthropologists for a uh, best forgotten decade or decades. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, if you're just looking at you know the history of of videotaped uh, you know moments as like the great works of art, like Citizen Kane, or you know, if you just include those, it's not a very accurate picture of who we are <laughs> as a people. So, I don't know. We we like to uh, we like to hold a mirror up. To lesser known, uh, more regrettable uh, pieces of film and video. Uh, you have strong stomachs. Um, yeah, exactly. We've <laughs> got high tolerances for that kind of stuff. Um, and I want, Speaking of, you know, advents in technology, I wonder, do you view YouTube as a direct competitor with what you do? Since, like, there's... It's kind of impossible uh, to find these, like, proprietary things, like, exclusives. Yeah. Like, everything goes online as soon as it's found. Do you find that you're in conflict with the Internet? Well, sometimes we're frustrated because, like, we don't take any videos from the Internet. These are all physical tapes that we found. We're kind of, I guess, stubbornly old school about that. Um, but, uh, but you know, YouTube is great. There's so many things you can find on there. And, and like like you said, like, anything that you can even imagine has probably been posted somewhere online. So in that way, it's a little bit frustrating. But I don't think we're in competition with uh, with YouTube and other sites because um, really what you need when you have this great wealth of material is somebody to guide you through it all. You know, this is uh, – it's overwhelming otherwise. And there's also just a lot of junk on YouTube and other sites that, you know, who ca- you know, who cares if you see. So I think there's definitely a need for a point of view and somebody to curate and decide what makes the cut and what doesn't. So we've actually found that, you know, we started doing the show before YouTube was even out, but uh but since it's come out, I think people have a greater appreciation um and also I think appreciate more that we've waded through, you know, the the uh, everything to bring just the the uh, cream of the crop. Yeah. So, and it should be said that you guys actually edit a lot of these videos down to make them more presentable uh, in a public forum. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to torture people. Uh, we <laughs> we suffer for for people's entertainment. So, uh, yeah, we try to cut these down and make them palatable for people. So we just kind of yeah pick out the funniest moments and uh, and present those and and sometimes in montages, other times as standalone videos and and yeah we're we're there guiding people through it. You know, we explain how and where we found the videos. We you know, uh, make smart remarks while we're watching the tapes. Then we come out and sort of give our point of view about what we just saw. And these particular and unique skill sets that you and Joe have, um, I'm wondering, did this lead you to a job in late-night television, either at the Letterman or the Colbert Report, or is this just something you do in parallel with that? Well, yeah, it's, you know, it's funny. It's like my whole life is just something I was born to do, and Joe, too, like, um, right out of, uh, you know, in addition to collecting these videos in high school and stuff, right out of... uh, college um i started working at uh, mystery science theater 3000 in in minneapolis and um and that's a show of course where you're making fun of uh bad movies so it's kind of in a similar vein and 
and I was always a fan of that show. So, you know, working on that show, that was definitely an inspiration. And then working on The Letterman Show, I started off there as a researcher, and part of my job was to look up and find old commercials and embarrassing movies that uh, <laughs> uh, celebrities had been in and kind of, you know, to embarrass them uh, yeah. when they came on the show and have something to talk about. Um, so since there's an Arnold Schwarzenegger video um, where he's groping a lot of women in Rio de Janeiro when he, in the <laughs> 80s that we played in our first show, that was something I found while I was working at Letterman. We actually played some excerpts from it on the show. And um, so, and then Joe's background is he worked at a video uh, film equipment rental company that also duplicated videotapes for people and corporations. So anytime somebody would come through with a, a video to duplicate that looked funny, you know, he'd just make an extra copy for us. <laughs> so, it, yeah, I mean, it's definitely like, you know, this was the, the job we were born to do. And uh, um, so, you know, our background's in comedy. We have a, an affinity for found things and and, uh, and found videotape. And, and uh, so, yeah, it's it definitely, this is our passion. This is really our passion. Everything else is a day job. <laughs> um that's very romantic. And, oh, oh! I, I, actually, before I let you go, and speaking of romance, um, the weird Angela Lansbury self-help slash exercise uh, video was yeah. she was she masturbating in the bathtub? <laughs> um, she. I don't know if she was doing that per se, but she was describing the sensuality of taking an erotic bath. And sort of like, you know, splashing around and, you know, trace lines in the bubbles. And I mean, either way, it's more than you want to see Angela Lansbury do. <laughs> and uh, will Angela Lansbury be making a command performance uh, at your pit stop in Lawrence? Uh, I would I would absolutely love it if she did. But uh, <laughs> I think that's going to have to wait for a later day. Okay. So uh, her, her people haven't returned our calls. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, either way, Nick Pruer, thank you very much for joining us here at Lawrence.com, and we look forward to the Found Footage Festival that will be at the Granada Theater Thursday, April 2nd at 8 p.m. Thank you very much. Thanks. See you in Lawrence. You You're